Welcome back, everyone, to the pursuit to healing. Yes. Um. Hey, guys. Hey. <laughs> um. So we're going to start off with um a verse from the Bible. So First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Um. There was a little passage that I found that sort of breaks that down. So I thought I'll just read that out. So do not be deceived. So deceived means to be led astray, to wander, to roam aimlessly, to be led away from the truth and into error and sin, to mislead, to seduce, evil, so bad, worthless, wicked, vicious, malicious, cowardly, or destructive, company, um, so companionship, communion, conversation, and talk, corrupts, so destroys, spoils, wastes away, to utterly decay, to corrupt, fully to deprave, good, so morals, useful, pleasing, and virtuous, Habits, morals, character, one's manner of life. Um, today we're just going to talk a little bit about our our journey in faith. Um, just a little bit about how it impacts our daily life, and yeah, we're just going to free flow it. Yeah, sounds good. Sorry, I keep muting myself because Wilson's going off. So Look, Wilson's me. part of the podcast now, <laughs> so it's the Layla Bell and Wilson podcast. Sounds good with his little growls. Willie with his little haircut, and he looks very cute, like Chewbacca. Little fox, is... you know? Yeah, I love that. With a three-kilo fox. Love that for that little guy. <laughs> love little yeah. Willie boy. We're going to free flow today about, like, our faith. Yeah. yeah. I guess a little bit about, like, I guess how it impacts our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how, like, every part of your life, just kind of transforms and people, I guess, like the certain things that you sort of take for granted, like, you know, talking about being joyful and how that actually kind of impacts everyone around you as well. So, like, when you're joyful, it naturally, like, naturally draws people to wanting to talk to you or to be around you or do you know what I mean? Like, or to be sort of at peace, like, I feel like since going on, you know, since becoming a Christian, that feeling and that sense of, don't get me wrong, there's obviously anxiety and everything like that, but that's because I feel that sometimes, and you'll probably know what I'm talking about, and I actually spoke to a few other Christians about this, we try to control so much of our life, and that is due to like, you know, as well, like if you're looking at it from like a worldly sense, like due to the trauma that has really impacted our lives that we tend to want to control our situations and even when it comes to faith sometimes you actually well sometimes all the time you sort of have to let go of that control and allow allow God and the Holy Spirit to lead you but instead you try to take charge and try to be your own God and say well I'm going to do this in the power of me I'm going to do that because I can do that and you're not really being led by God because you're just doing things just because you want to do them and it may not be where God wants you to be but because you're just doing them because you need that control. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. I've been going through that, I don't know, like a year ago for like I don't know how many years. How hard is it? Like letting go of that control, like a couple of weeks ago, I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago I was like super anxious about something and literally I just said to myself that morning, I actually spoke to a good friend of ours and he said to me, you just got to surrender it all to God, put it all on the altar and just give it all to God. I actually went home and I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and ruminate. I'm not going to sit here and be anxious. I'm just going to let it go. And whatever happens is meant to happen. Whatever happens, God God knows what he's doing and I'm just going to let it be. And literally within a day, it was just like, yep, it's all done. It's gone. It's dusted. It's behind me now. I'm not looking back. Um, So it just makes so much more sense, like letting go of that control 
sorry, there was a piece of dust flying <laughs> in my eyeball. Um, letting go of that control is one of the hardest parts because yeah. if you do let go of that control, God does take charge and leads you where you need to be. But that control aspect is one of the hardest things to do because we're so used to like always doing everything in our own in our mm-hmm. own stride, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm back and forth like in my head being like, oh, right now, like obviously I'm self-employed and sometimes things can get a little bit difficult. And I'm like, no, I'm like instead of just trusting God because obviously things never work out because I should just be doing what I'm doing and working for myself. And then I'm just like, then I'm like, I'm not good enough. And then I start ruminating in my head. And it literally is a cycle and poor Ben has to do with me um, yeah. being like, hey, I'm not letting you like take it into your own, you know, like control, give it to God. And every time I go like, fine, I'm like, fine, I give it to him. I'm just going to let let it go, like chuck in the papers. And then literally it's so crazy. Like this morning I was having a bit of panic, yeah, like people haven't paid invoices and I'm stressing a little bit. And I'm like, okay, pray to God, you know, just talk about it because like just talk to God about it like I'm just going to stop stressing and like give it to him like I'm meant to be doing what I'm doing for a reason so just go I get an email from a client like probably like 30 minutes later hey I just paid him for um just letting you know like hope you have a great day like filling a smiley face I'm like what and it's been happening every time I have a stress and I'm like cool I'm gonna give it but then I keep trying to take that control back because I'm a bit anxious it's kind of like a tug and war and God's like pulling me off, being like, just trust in me. Yeah. Sometimes it's a bit harder, like it's easier said than done. You know what I mean? But yeah. you just got to trust in him because and, like, yeah. Yeah, sorry, go on. Because he has your best interest in heart. Yeah, like, absolutely. He's your dad is there to take care of you, but sometimes we're so of the world and like we can do better and we can take control. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you know what? It's really interesting that you say that because even when you look at it from a sense of, a, I guess, a counselling perspective or, you know, even with anxiety, we can't control our anxiety. We can't go, hey, anxiety, I want you to be done. Or, hey, anxiety, you know, when you start to think about your anxiety and trying to take control of your anxiety, you actually make yourself more anxious. Yeah. So it's also understanding that you can't control or change that situation. So you need to sit with that feeling. So it, it's really interesting, actually. I was talking to someone about this the other day, how a lot of, like, things that are biblical actually kind of transfer into, like, I guess the worldly sense of stuff, like the way we look at, um, you know, uh, uh, the way we look at shame and guilt and anxiety and all of that. And, you know, what we're taught to do as Christians, it's actually very similar what you're taught in the worldly, you know, for example, and I, I can't remember the verse off by heart, but there was something I read in the Bible about shame and, you know, how you talk about that shame with a, a fellow man and, you know, God turns your shame into glory. And we talk about shame in trauma in sense, like a trauma sense, a trauma-informed sense, and, you know, releasing shame is a huge part of a healing journey, mm-hmm. um, as well as anxiety. Like, you know, we can't control anxiety. We can't change our anxiety. We can't just go, oh, you know, I want my anxiety to go away. But you can give it to God, and God can change that situation for you if you actually truly believe. Um but it's really, yeah, it's really interesting that when you, you know, people and, you know, I'm not talking to people that probably already do that every day. Some people are probably 
mastered or not mastered, but, you know, you can never really master that skill. I think that we're forever learning. But I guess some people are better at doing it and letting it go and saying, hey, let me just talk to God first. But I guess it just depends on everyone's different walk of life. And it's it's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's a really difficult thing to do. It's just a constant, like, battle. Yeah. You know, like, like within yourself. I don't know, like, everybody's different and what they've gone through. Yeah. Just trying to give it all to him. I don't know, like, I think that's, like, my biggest thing. So, like, I've obviously been a Christian Catholic my whole life. Bear with me. My children, their children are fighting. Um, Like, throughout my whole life. So, when we are talking about this episode before we started recording, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say because I've never not known like my life to have faith. Like I've, I've like believed in God and had a relationship with God since like the moment I was walking, you know, but I think my biggest thing was always like trusting in him and like, you know, giving it all to him. Yeah. Um, it's probably like why, like, you know, I've had times of my life where I pushed it away being like, I can't believe you did that. Like I just, I can't with you anymore. And yeah. then he's just like, I'm there. Hello. Hello. I'm there knocking on the door. Yeah, I'm here. I'm waiting for you. Okay, you let, let open the door now, because I'm yeah. waiting for you. I'm I'm here to love you and take care of you and be there for you. And the moment I do open that door, he's like, "Hi," just letting you know I've always been there. I've been there, loving on you from a distance and looking over you and making sure you're okay. And everything that's happened in your life is for a reason because I made it like you know. And sometimes yeah. it might go a different way because we've tried to take control ourselves. Yeah. Um, but he's always there to help us get back. Yeah. Home. I was actually reading a book. It's called, um, it's called, it's called, I think it's called Forgotten God. Mm-hmm. And it actually talks a lot about how we neglect the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we don't actually, I guess, turn to the Holy Spirit to lead us. We, we continue down these paths and, and, you know, we have relationship, but, at the same time, we neglect the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it's a really interesting book and, you know, you really think about it and it's like, hang on, that is so accurate. Like how many times do you sit there with, you know, anxiety and, you know, you just don't go, oh, oh, let me just give it all, let me just give it all. Because in the moment, sometimes you're just like, you're so caught up in how you feel. Yeah, You're so caught up in, you know, that anxious moment, like I'll I'll recall an incident a couple of weeks ago, I had like a serious panic attack, like really bad panic attack that I haven't had, I think ever in my life. It was like pretty significant. And during that panic attack, I remember literally, I actually found the strength. I don't know how, but I found the strength to literally just call to God, call to God to help me. And, you know, slowly it started to go away. And actually I woke up the next morning and, you know, that's when I thought, you know, I've got to give it all to God. I've got to give it all to God. And that panic attack just sort of disappeared and that feeling actually disappeared. If anything, I felt, I felt amazing. I felt really, you know, I felt like just, I can't even explain it. I was just so happy and just like relieved. So it's, yeah, it's really amazing. And I think that, the way it can impact so many people's lives and really change their lives and not just with anxiety but with anything, right? Yeah. Any decision that you make in your life, like it's whatever you, you do in your life, 
it's, it's already been planned. It's already, you know, he goes before you. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting, interesting thing. I was actually, I was talking to someone the other day who was talking about Christianity in a sort of a negative, oh, yeah. a negative way. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like people, I guess, don't understand what's actually biblical and what isn't. Um, and I guess just like anything, there's always going to be people out there that are sort of telling you one thing that isn't really accurate or, you know, forcing something down your throat or whatever. And this person felt that Christians were forcing forcing him to become a Christian. And I was a bit taken aback because I thought, hang on, well, you can't be a Christian unless you truly believe because yeah. no one can force you to be a Christian you can't go and get baptized and not actually believe and then be a Christian. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So it's really interesting, like people's perception of what Christianity actually is and what the Bible actually teaches. And someone else actually said to me today, Oh, you know, people think that there's everything in the Bible for everything in life. And um, my response was, well, there is. Yeah, there is. Um, there is. What do you like, mean? Have you read it? And several people actually think that, you know, the Bible doesn't translate to the to the t- times of today. You know, it doesn't translate to the times of today. Well, it does. It really, really does um, because if we all lived in a very similar way because what the Bible teaches us and how to, you know, treat others or how to obey God and everything that the Bible teaches – the world would be a, a very peaceful, peaceful place. Mm-hmm. The world would actually be, um, there would be, you know, none of this crazy stuff happening in the background. Everyone would be at peace with each other. And, you know, the Bible teaches you to love everybody, to love everybody no matter what. Um, love your enemy. The Bible even yeah. says if your enemy is hungry, feed them. Yeah. Um, if your enemy is thirsty, give them water. Um, it doesn't teach you, you know, to be malicious towards your enemy. And if someone does wrong by you, let's cause further harm. Let's do some, you know, negative stuff to them. It actually teaches you the opposite. It actually teaches you. And I, I don't know about you, Belle, but there have been so many times, you know, in the last maybe couple of months where usually I wouldn't forgive someone for something. Mm-hmm. In my heart, I'd be like, nah, they're done. They're so done. with. Like, I'm done with them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want them in my life. But then in my heart, I'm like, no, no, I actually forgive them. I forgive them from the bottom of my heart. That doesn't mean you don't have to have boundaries. You yeah. can still have boundaries, 100%. but you have to forgive people. And, you know, how important is that for how you feel as well? Like yeah. holding on to resentment, anger, and hate, like because of something that happened, it, it doesn't do you any good. It actually makes you more sick. If anything, it makes you more sick with that anger, hate, and resentment. Yeah. Whereas when you let it go and you forgive the person and you go, you know what, everyone does something, who knows what their reasoning is, who knows what happened. Like you mm-hmm. just don't know. We can never answer those questions. But to be able to forgive someone, to be able to empathize and to forgive and just to move past it and not to hold on to that anger, resentment, whatever else, it actually changes your own life so much, like yeah. letting go of all that, right? I feel just, I feel, wait, like I'm obviously, th- I'm thinking when you're talking about yeah. a scenario that I've been through, I think we yeah. might, probably all were thinking of things maybe that maybe somebody might have heard us that we've forgiven them. It literally feels like a weight that's yeah. lifted off your shoulder. Like, um, for example, 
um, not to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit, but like um, had a very traumatic and um, the words are coming to me right now. Um, just a, not a great marriage. It was quite horrible. Let's just say that. Um, and I, I get a lot of people behind me in my head being like, why are you not angry with this person? And I'm not going to lie, I was angry. Um, but I think like the moment like after that ended, um, my relationship with God grew like leaps and bounds and um, just praying to him and I like I forgave him. And like obviously it hurts and like I'm not going to like disregard all the hurt and everything that came from that. But I forgive him. Like I just want him to be healthy and be safe. I don't want to be his best mate though. Like if I see him on the street, g'day, what's going on? But like yeah. I just want to make sure he's safe and like every like no matter like who's in your life, you just you know, you just want to love on them. If whether they're nice to you or not. I don't know. No, I, I get know, that. Like, to the normal person they might think we're a bit funny, but like you don't understand like that you being nice after what they've done to you could impact them and how that could make like they could come to Christ or even if they don't like I would love them to you know what I mean but like they're thinking like I've hurt this person so much and they're just like loving on me I, I, I'm i a bit confused yeah but 100% like, but why not yeah because it's like, like what do you really get out of being you know like Truly, really think about it. Yeah. Just really like think about it. You know what? I'm going to challenge everyone. Think about a situation that made you really angry, a person that really pissed you right off to the point where you just like you just got so angry with them that you felt that, you know, you can never forgive them. You can never talk to them again. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to go and talk to that person tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like what did you actually – what are you getting with these thoughts and these constant sitting there with these angry, angry thoughts? You get nothing. The person is living their life still whilst you're sitting there holding on to this pain and anger. Now, of course, the pain and anger, like, takes time to subside, but you get nothing out of, you know, not letting it go. So, for example, like, recently my dad just is back from Ukraine and I can be completely honest, I've held on to so much hate towards him my entire life like growing up he used to call never want to talk to me on the phone always wanted to talk to my sister just really neglected by my dad my whole life never really wanted to spend time to this day he still does it he still keeps in contact with my sister doesn't contact me at all which at this point doesn't bother me because I've got the best father in the world yeah so I don't need that but you know of course like you know Growing up, I didn't understand that. I remember being, you know, eight or nine years old and my grandfather used to say to me, don't worry about him, don't worry about him, you know. And I used to get so upset because being a kid, you're like, why does my dad want to talk to my sister and not to me? Like, that's really mean. And you get really hurt by it. Then you grow up with all these attachment and security, like, you know, these attachment issues and security issues and all of that because of, you know, that Mm -hmm. not having that father as a child. And recently he just came back from the Ukraine and I, I bumped into him. And I actually said to myself, I can be mean and I can be hateful towards him or I can just be kind and actually forgive him. I forgive him. I forgive him because I'm like, you know what, what's not forgiving you're going to do? I forgive you, but I don't have to have you in my life. Like, you know, I don't have to have a relationship with you. And actually before, whilst I saw him, I actually said a prayer because 
I was like, I need to kind of protect myself because this man is into some bad stuff and he's done some really bad stuff. So I'm like, I want to protect myself from any spirit attached to him. I don't want any of it. Yeah. And it ended up being a really productive conversation because we spoke a little bit about Christianity. My sister must have told him that I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And we spoke a little bit about Christianity and he was actually – Growing up, I remember my mum sent us to a Catholic, I don't know if Mercy, whatever, it's a Catholic or Christian school, I'm not sure, Um, but it's one of them. And anyways, growing up, my mum sent us there and he actually lost it. And he wasn't even like, he never used to see us, but he actually lost it because we were going to a school that wasn't a Muslim school because he's Muslim. Well, you know, he says he's a Muslim, but not a practicing Muslim. And he got so mad at my mum because we were going to a school where we would be praying every morning. We're going to a school that would be studying the Bible and he really was really upset about it. And when we just had this, you know, a little interaction, it was a very short interaction that we had and we were talking about a little bit about Christianity, like he mentioned somehow about Christianity and I thought to myself, really odd. And it wasn't actually negative. It was, you know, I was putting into perspective to him what what we believe in and he actually said, oh, yeah, you know, you're probably right. You're actually probably, you've probably got, got it right and I thought to myself well it is the truth but I will respect you when I'm telling you the truth um so to to see someone else that you know I really don't have a relationship with that is was you know growing up so against it being a bit more open to it I was like it really shows in your character your character that you portray to others the more you try to work towards being more Christ-like, how others are so impacted by that around you and how it actually changes others' perception of you as well. Mm-hmm. Like several people that I talk to and that I'm friends with will be like to me, you know, you're so different. And for a good thing, like you, you're so yeah. different because it's like, well, what do you get out of losing your mind in two seconds and getting angry and fired up and, you know, skitzing at someone? Or what do you get out of love? You actually get more out of loving someone because you may have someone that you think is your enemy and someone that treats you poorly or whatever, and you love on them and that can completely transform them. Mm -hmm. So it makes a huge difference. But I think one thing I really notice about people is when they look at, you know, the Bible and they look at, like someone actually said to me like the other day, actually I think it was Becky that said to me the other day, like (laughs) because when people don't actually understand the Bible, they think that, you know, the Old Testament, there was a mean, you know, hurtful, angry God, but not realizing that God loves. God loves beyond anything else. And people just see, you know, the sins and um, what happens if you sin or what was, you know, in the Old Testament about what happens when you sin. And people don't realize that there is so much more to the Bible than just that. Yeah. And there is love and you know, when we are not in this life anymore, the, the amazing, beautiful things that we get to experience when we die. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's really interesting, people's perception. I think it's a really interesting, interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we wanted to talk more about faith because I think that, like, if people actually knew in, I guess, in in a form where, like, you know, people have bad experiences in everything. Mm. 
And that also is, you know, in religion, like people are going to have bad experiences, but it doesn't necessarily, like if you're having a bad experience, it doesn't necessarily mean it's of God. Like just because you may be going to a church and you have a bad experience at a church, that's, you know, really a scary, horrible experience. That doesn't mean it's of God. So people assume that, you know, that, that bad experience, oh, you know, this is what this is what it's all about when you, you know, you believe in God or this is what it's all about when you're a Christian. There's good and bad in every single thing that we do in life. And you're going to experience things where it's, you know, it's actually not of God. And that would deter you further from having that relationship with God because that's what the enemy wants, right? Yeah, definitely. No relationship with God. And you know what? Sorry, I'm, and I'm ranting and I haven't it's let you speak. It's okay. You're making me proud. It's okay. <laughs> I saw this video the other day, actually, and, you know, some people were like, oh, you know, but some people go through life and don't experience any hardship. So because, you know, people don't believe in, you know, any form of spiritual warfare. And this woman who had been a Christian her entire life put it into real good context. She said sometimes the devil will leave that person alone. Because if they leave that person alone, that person has, you know, very amazing life, they leave them alone because they will never turn to God because there is no hardship in their life or nothing that they've experienced that makes them go, hang on, I need to turn to God for some help here. So sometimes the devil will leave those people alone and be like, all right, let them go live their best life because they'll never come to God. So it's, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. I think that a lot of the stuff and, you know, you never stop learning, hey. It's like a constant, like you're constantly growing and like growing your relationship with him. I, I don't think like you're ever stagnant. Like you're constantly deepening your relationship with him. It's like if you're in a relationship with like your partner or whatever, you're constantly growing, learning more about them, you know, like you want to get to know them more and more and like become closer and closer to them. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I just yeah. like treat it like a relationship. Like I remember hearing this ages ago, um, being like people, obviously some people, um, I grew up in this in the Catholic household, like you just go to church on Sunday and then I didn't really get taught. I, I, you pray before you go to bed, but it was like uh, our father and stuff. I didn't really have connection in my prayer through that. I just, it was just like a repetition, even though it's a beautiful prayer. But basically what I'm saying is like, treat like your relationship with God like a relationship with the person you wouldn't just like I wouldn't just see you on a Sunday and then not talk to you for the rest of the week how's that a friendship I'm just coming to see you yeah I'm not connecting with you on the Sunday and then catch you later I'll see you next Sunday yeah wouldn't I text you during the week call you send you memes I'd I'd talk to you I'd I'd pray to you I'd want to learn more about you want to develop our like a relationship um, so when I come into your house on Sunday, um, you know, we're deepening that relationship. That's why we do things like connect to it's you know, deepening that relationship during the week and getting to know you more and surrounding yourself with others that are like us to kind of help us grow. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, I think that's like the good thing about going to church is that connecting with other people, like-minded people, you know, you can sit there and you can read the Bible every single day and, you know, and so we should, but... Um, you know, in terms of that connection, it's also super important because it's like you meet other people, you walk alongside each other towards that journey of life and experience things together and it's just, you know, a wonderful experience. But it's like that relationship is so important because 
it's everything you do like when you leave church as well because you could go to church and never talk to God in a day in your life um, and that's not a relationship, you know, that's that's really going to just going to church. Yeah. Um, so a relationship is, yeah, super important, super, super important and it's um, – you know, the love that you will have for God will grow so significantly, like, in that relationship. Like, you're just, like, it's like an overwhelming love that you're, like, it's crazy. Like, you know, the love I have for something that I can't see, like, I can't see or I can't, you know, touch, but you feel it. You, you know, feel so the presence. You feel. I just feel like a big warm hug and you know what I'm like with physical interaction. But um, it's like a big warm hug and I think we talked about this earlier before we had to redo it again, but um, about like how things in you like have changed, like um, unraveling or like your way of how you deal with scenarios. So with mine, you wouldn't know it's because I'm the most awkward hugger ever because physical intimacy is a big thing that freaks me out um, due to like a lot of trauma I experienced through my life. But as like for the last few months, obviously my relationship with God has developed and uh, my relationship with Ben has actually drawn me way closer to God than I could ever imagine. And I don't know if you've noticed me hugging you a bit. I, I'm still awkward, but I don't, <laughs> the people like that are close to me now, I feel like I'm finally the men. I'm, I'm still an awkward hugger, but yeah, I'm a little like clingy and yeah. Like it's like yeah, fully unraveling like the hurt and the like the past hurt in my life. It's, it's slow, yeah. but it's it's getting there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I agree, yeah, hundred percent. Because I'm an awkward hugger too, and you know that actually is because growing up when you've never really been hugged a lot or um, nurtured in that way, it feels very foreign. It feels yeah. very very foreign. Now there's a difference between you know someone constantly telling the you that they love you and actually nurturing you with that you know that motherly or fatherly touch so you grow up into this you know this big world where intimacy and physical intimacy is actually terrifying and I remember actually when I first met first um first met Becky I remember like literally like even just being kind of held for too long would actually like make me go like oh no like it's too much Mm -hmm. um and I'm the same like you know when people hug me I get really awkward and in my head I'm like what do I do? What do I do? Like, I don't know what to do. Mm. It's like, it's just a hug, dude. Like, yeah. what's the most awkward thing that can happen that you I'm hug like, someone and they don't want to hug you back? How long are they going to be holding you for? Like, <laughs> I love you. The, Thank you for showing me the that's love. That's actually the I'm thought. Did I and hug you know, right? Like, I'd did like... you on the cheek right? Did it give you too much ear? I'm so scared. I've got lots of hair <gasps> in there. So I'm scared oh. I gave them hair in, my, in their face. And I'm I like, actually do oh that God. too. You actually sit there and you think, to, like, all these things run through your head, like, literally everything you said it's actually so funny that you said that because I'm like is it just me am I just am I just lost my mind and literally I would think that I'm like do I go for a hug do I go for a kiss if I hug them for too long are they going to be like why is she hugging me for that long yeah or am I meant to put two arms around the person or is it one arm or literally just everything is it a goes through your head cheek? is it two some people do three <laughs> when I show they from I'm so confused I Bro, love like, that until our friendship I thought I was literally like not right in the head and yeah. so, like, I realized, you know, like, you grow, like, I've grown a lot, like, learning about myself from our friendship, yeah. knowing, like, you know, what things are and why they caused it. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, that's, that's un- I understand. Like, I don't, I was never, like, not hugged as a kid or whatever, but, like, through, like, traumatic events, 
in the last yeah. like five, ten years. Makes it hard. It has definitely caused yeah. like intimacy and I'm like, oh, maybe don't touch me. Like that's too much. And sometimes Ben and I will joke, being like, okay, that's you're holding me for too long. I'm I'm tapping out. Like that's yeah. enough. I get like I mean. love you. Like I I love when he hugs me. It's cute. He's always touched me. But I'm not like yeah. that person. I'm more like I love you, but you can sit over there. But like over time, now I'm like, you're like come next cat. to me. I need to touch you. Like yesterday in you church. You know what? Actually, yeah. that, I, sorry, yeah. go on. No, like no, yesterday no. in church, he's like holding me, standing, and I'm in the most uncomfortable standing human. Like it's too much intimacy. We're like so close, and I'm like, okay, I love you, but like we need to stop like holding me now. Can I stand over here? And he's just like, oh, okay. I'm like, I love you though, but like that was a lot of that's a lot of touch. It was like five minutes that yeah, I'm, I'm progressing. It's actually really funny, isn't it? Like, yeah. I actually feel kind of similar. Like, it's like you don't want to be touched for too long, but then, for example, sometimes my actual love language will be literally physical touch. Like, I need to have my hand on someone or like kind of standing really close to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's really interesting. It's like, hang on, I literally fear hugs. Like, I actually am fearful of hugs. But then I also feel that I'm the same that lately that started to break down a bit. And I guess it also depends on the person. If the person actually just kind of goes, nah, I'm hugging you. It makes you, it makes it so much easier for you to overcome that and to kind of step past back past that. Um, But I also think that kind of relates a little bit into like, I, I guess like, we're also people pleasing in our head when we're doing that because we're like, oh, I don't want to like make it awkward or make them uncomfortable or whatever. And that's another thing that I really think that, you know, since becoming a Christian, I guess, you know, everyone's really different. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't have this experience, it means that you're not, that's not what I'm saying. But I mean, since becoming a Christian, I actually people please less. So I literally go, hang on, why am I trying to please this person when the only person, the only thing that I should like, honestly, the only yeah. thing that we should be trying to please is God. Yeah. We shouldn't be trying to please everybody else. We should only be trying to please God. And everything else will just happen. Like, it just, you know, it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. So I'm a, I am was a chronic people pleaser. And sometimes I still fall back into that trap where I'm like, oh, did I upset them or are they mad at me or whatever. Um, and it's just really interesting because, like, you know, people get really confused with people-pleasing and then there's, like, love languages like acts of service and stuff like that, you know, and the difference is people-pleasing doesn't feel good whereas a love language feels good when you yeah. do it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's really interesting how when you're a Christian you learn to slowly break those trauma responses like people-pleasing um, or the fear of rejection. It's like, well, they can reject me but i got God, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. Let them reject me. Like, it doesn't – it actually doesn't matter. Um, and, you know, any worry in the world doesn't really – like, we shouldn't ruminate over that because, in the end, God has our back in every circumstance um, and God will lead our path in every circumstance regardless. Yeah. And someone actually said to me the other day and actually broke my heart a little bit because – I'm a new Christian and this person's a new Christian. I'm not going to mention any names. And it actually broke my heart a little bit because this person said to me, oh, you know, sometimes I don't feel good enough to pray. And I actually said, like, you know, I thought to myself, I actually sometimes feel like that, like in a, in a group aspect, like if someone says, oh, can you pray out loud for the group? I'll probably poop my pants because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. But then it's like, hang on, there's nothing that you can say that is wrong. There is nothing that you can, unless you're swearing at, you know, at God or something like that, which you wouldn't do in a prayer. Yeah. 
um, you know, there's nothing that you can say that is wrong. And, you know, even sitting in a connect group, you know, last week we went to this connect group. We're kind of going off on like a hundred different it's topics, okay. but I think it's cool. Anyway, our relationship, our friendship, you know. Like, yeah. Um. So last everywhere. week we went to this connect group, and there were moments where I was about to speak, and I was like, "Oh, what if I sound stupid?" And then I thought to myself, "Nah, I'm going to say it because even if I sound stupid, I, I can guarantee you, everyone in this room that is a Christian is not going to be judging me for anything that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. So I'm going to say whatever feels right for me, and." That's it. And no one does judge. Everyone sits there and says, wow, you know, that's your experience and, you know, we we respect that. And, you know, it's those internal self-doubts where we're just like, oh, you know, I'm not good enough or whatever I'm going to say is going to sound stupid. But your identity is built on Christ and everything that you do just really matters to that. Like it doesn't matter what other people around you are thinking, feeling like, yes, you know, we've got to, we've got to give people love and make them feel respected and all of that. But in terms of how they perceive us, they're not going to perceive you in a negative light. Actually, to be honest, some people perceive you in a negative light for loving God because some people think you're crazy. Um, I've had people say to me, you know, I think you're crazy like no it's not crazy because we live in a world where we you know we worship idols like singers and the kardashians and and all of that and then you know there are people out there going you're crazy for loving god and it's like i think it's more crazy that people are loving the stuff of the world than our creator like Mm -hmm. how were we created like i'm really you know if we if we came from you know evolution of monkeys then how come that still doesn't happen today like how come monkeys are still not evolving and becoming humans like you know I get that there is probably some scientific explanation for all of that but it just the way everything in the world just works it's just too perfect everything is just too perfect yeah and there's just no denying the truth um but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've just been ranting on. Sorry, Sorry guys. I literally had like I love to talk. Yeah. You are? I had this convo with Ben the other day about like how everything's just too perfect. Like that ant was made there for a reason, and then that that other bug was made there to eat that ant, and then something was there like like that plant was there for a purpose, and it was mm-hmm. to create fruit or um, fruit for the bird to eat it, and you know, poop it out somewhere else. Yeah. And, to grow in that environment everything like works so well and it's constantly evolving and getting better or I guess like you know throughout time like yeah it doesn't make sense like how I don't know personally like how it would bang it just happened or something because I just don't understand like how yeah like do you know what I mean like such magic yeah I agree like um I'm surrounded by plants in this room, so I'm just going to use plants as analogies because, like, they wouldn't have made so. Oh, I don't have a big monstera. Oh, there's a big monstera there. So that one there, they God wouldn't have made a monstera deliciosa and like allowed it to grow and develop twenty years to a leaf the size of me to create a flower that turned into a fruit that turned into a beautiful masterpiece that tastes literally like fruit salad once it ripens yeah. to a certain like date. Like that, I just don't understand. Like, it's like that, okay, so then how did all that get on earth? How did no. all of that just come come about? You know, and you're right. Like, it's even like if you think about it, humans are the most 
you know, perfectly created, um, well, you know, if you want to use the word animal, like you can, but think about how perfect the human body is and how much we can, we can do with our bodies and how much, you know, everything interrelates in the way, you know, when we eat and digest our food and just the way everything works. It's like, okay, so if, if we were created by some big bang or, you know, by monkeys, then explain it all explain to me i want to i want to know like explain to me then like how is everything so perfect and intertwined so perfectly but also consciousness you know i was actually talking about this the other day about you know how they've never been able to explain consciousness i can't say the word properly ever it's fine consciousness so how they've never been able to explain consciousness and it's like so how do we have personalities how do we have feelings how do we have emotions how do we have love those things they just don't, you know, somehow come out of the form of a monkey or, you know, the form of some big bang. Like we have emotions, the way we love others, the way we feel towards others, the way we, you know, because think about it. Our bodies are just honestly like they get us through this life and everything like that. But who we are on the inside is what really matters. Mm-hmm. And that stuff on the inside, you know, your personality, for example, how come none of us are the same? Like, yes, some of us have similar personalities and we laugh and we have the same humour and all of that, but it's like we've got our own I like our own identity and unique personality yeah. that no one else can replicate. There's actually no, like, you cannot replicate the same person and have the exact same personality because of how uniquely and beautifully we're made mm-hmm. that we are our own person. Um, and I think that, you know, when you start to really see how beautiful God's creation is in you and, you know, as a, as a person, you actually start to a lot of things that really would impact you. Like for example, the way you look or how much you weigh, don't get me wrong. I'm on this huge weight loss journey, but it's like, I don't sit there like when I'm having a bad day and have a cry about the fact that I had a bad day of eating or if I don't lose weight, I'm like, eh, it'll happen when it happens. I want to lose weight for my health and you know, my longevity of my health, not because I hate my body. Actually, I'm quite happy being thick, but you know, it's, um, you know, it's really interesting how your own perception of yourself really changes. You're like, hang on, I actually love myself because I'm actually quite, like, I've been created in such a way, like, I'll let you explain your side in yeah. a minute. But for me, I was sitting there the other day and I was really thinking about this and I was like, I'm actually so blessed. Like, I've been given this heart and I'm not, you know, blow on smoke up my own ass when I say <laughs> this, but I've been given this heart and, I've been, look, I've gone through so much trauma in my life and I actually wouldn't change it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't change it for the world because that adversity gave me a heart to love literally everybody. And sometimes it gets me into trouble. Sometimes I love everybody and they hurt me really badly and I'm just like, oh, that person hurt me and, it, you know, it it sucks. But I've been given the ability to really look at people and go, hang on, let me understand them. Let me not judge them. And I actually I rarely – look, sometimes you can't help it. You accidentally yeah. judge someone. But – I actually make a conscious effort not to judge someone because I'm like, but what about their walk of life? Because 10 years ago when I was erratic, psycho, crazy, someone would have judged me for the way I was. So I've got to really take a step back and realise who they are and why they are the way they are and what can I do to change their life. And I've been given this amazing skill to be able to help people and to change people's lives in the work that I do and in the way I support my friends and family. And it's like, 
I was really thinking about it. And I'm like, by the time I'm an old lady, if I keep going down this path of the way I'm going right now, the amount of lives I would have impacted by the time I'm old, well, I'm old now, but I mean, by the time I start to age more, it's like, it's actually so amazing to think that I've been given these skills to actually help people. And the Bible talks about, you know, giving to others and loving on others. And it's like, I've been given those amazing skills to actually impact lives and change the journey of that person's life. Now, whether it's a small thing, whether it's a huge thing, impacting someone's life in a positive way where they walk away and one day go down this different path. And I've been a part of that journey there where they'll go, oh, that time that Layla helped me with that and it stays with them. You know, to me, that's an amazing thing that I've been, a gift that I've been given and a gift that I've been given to have a soft heart towards others. Regardless, you know, when you walk down the street, sometimes you walk with someone and they're like, oh, look at that, you know, drug addict. I'm not going to use the word that people would actually use. Yeah. You know, oh, look at them on the street, you know, it's disgusting or whatever. And it's like, no, I actually, like my heart actually yeah. hurts for them because their life is must be really difficult for them to be where they are. Like I can't imagine how they're feeling and, you know, it would be really hard. It would be really hard life to live and you feel for them. Like I feel for them inside my heart. I'm like, you know, I can empathise with them. And to have empathy is a really important skill and it's a skill that, you know, some people don't have empathy. Some people don't know how to express empathy. Like there's a difference between sympathy and empathy and, you know, to have empathy is to take yourself out of, your own shoes and to look at that person without judgment and to go, okay, what is their, what is, why are they going through what they're going through? And like actually truly feel for their experience and want to actually support that person rather than going, oh, well, you know what? They made that decision in their life. They need to sit there and suffer now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anyways, I'll let I you I feel talk. like you've literally like been in my brain the last day. You're freaking me out. So, like, um, yesterday during service, so, like, when I actually get to sit in um, and, like, absorb, my brain is literally runs wild. Like, I literally, like, start preaching a, a, a sermon in my in my head. Um, and on that journey, I was talking in my head, thinking about, like, what's your purpose? Like, every each one of us has a purpose in life and sometimes people's, like, a kind of, like, surface-level purposes and, like, how they might want to be like a career or something. But I'm like thinking like deep, what's your purpose? Like then I started thinking about myself. So what's my purpose in life and what I want to do? And as my, I love being a photographer and I get to meet so many people and get to make them feel so great about themselves and like encourage them and like see them change is incredible. But I don't feel like that's my purpose. I feel like there was something more deep down. And um, I started a few months ago I've started the process of fostering and it's like a it's a nice lovely long process but it's a great long process for a reason and we had this training um on Saturday and it was like very intense on like learning about like what we talk about like you and like myself later about like trauma and like how it, it can cause certain scenarios and like a like a kind of like a snowball effect mm. and it was making me think like we got asked like why are we doing this it was like the first question we got asked and I was like, this is my purpose. Like, not just only this, but like in life, um, kind of like you like to impact a person's life for the better, whether it be one day, like I could have just met them. It could have been a hello. It could have been in my life for a day, a week, a year. Like they could have been in my life for the whole of my life. And yeah. 
doing that kind deed, saying something nice, but obviously with intention um, and love and sh- loving on them, no matter what, what they've been through, um, accepting them and loving them, like how much they could impact them later. And um, in this like foster caring process, it's reminding me of my childhood and the certain people in my life that were like loving on me and sh- like sh- showing their love on me and how it's impacted me as a, like an adult today. Like just like yeah. now I'm just thinking about like when I lost my dad, my I was in um, year eight, but like my primary school teachers was so amazing. Like they came to visit my house. They helped me make this PowerPoint for my dad's funeral. And it's a constant like in my head about the love, like the so selfless love they gave just to come out of their way to help a past student that's going through a difficult situation. And like if I could do something like that with somebody, I, I might not think it's a big thing. I'm just being myself and loving on them and bear with me with tears now because it's bringing up emotion. But like if I could just do something that it could be like the smallest thing, I could give somebody a hug or a message being like, I'm really proud of you. Like you're doing really good or like um, I'm noticing what you're doing and like I'm really proud. Yeah. You don't understand like they might not have never been told they're being proud of or being like shut down. So yeah, like, like I had this convo today about like not feeling like I'm a good enough photographer because I keep putting myself down. And they're like, what do you mean? You're my idol. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it's because I was constantly told for the longest time I was never going to be good enough and I will never amount to being like a professional photographer. I do it full time now. Um, I will never be in the fitness industry. I'm one of the IFBB photographers, which is like the highest federation in Australia, let alone the world in bodybuilding. I still set myself down, but like, do you know what I mean? Like those little kind words, like that somebody says when I'm in that place of doubt, it's running through my head and be like, Oh, actually, wow. Maybe I have done some good things and it like kind of shapes. So if I could do like, say a nice thing, like just be like God, love like God, like love like Jesus. You know what I mean? Like you love on somebody you might not notice now, like you might not see the fruit now of like, what you've uh, you know sowed but like it will like you know if you keep loving on them like we were talking about before the fruits of your labor and you'll see them grow and change and like that smallest kindest word might change your life you know I just yeah I think like no matter how much somebody can hurt you if you still keep loving on them like we going back to it before maybe we'll start in the end because I think we're being talking for a bit we might have to be another episode but like if we like keep loving on them bear with me like like Wilson Wilson has been hurt so much from a prior um before I adopted him and sometimes he'll start have manic episodes but I keep loving on him mm. to the point that I grab his head because so I know he won't swing and like bite me because he has manic episodes and I just look into his eyes and he's looking at me like why is that's this human is grabbing my face and I start praying over him and I'm like I love you you are the most beautiful blessing it's been such a pleasure seeing you grow and how much you've helped my life and you've helped me grow and I'm just so proud of like the little doggy that you are and how much stronger and softer your heart has become since I'm having you and this poor little three kilo little fluffy dog thinks I'm probably crazy but over the like it's almost been two years now maybe a year and a half seeing him soften and his heart soften. It's so beautiful to see. He is growling in the background right now. It's because my puppy is being 
annoying as hell. Um, she's just being a puppy and she's just, she's hearing me and she wants cuddles. But just seeing it, even just like in a dog, seeing him soften and mm. love and um, he was hurt like a lot by males and seeing him soften to Ben, he took food out of Ben's hand the other day, like Ben fed him though, and he didn't buy it. Like he doesn't growl. I think he growled once at Ben. So massive achievement and just loving. Yeah, for sure. And like you could love on a person. Imagine seeing how soft their heart will be. Like this is just an example yeah. of a dog. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's just amazing. Just, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll leave it with one parting story because yeah. this, this story actually relates to what you're saying. So in my studies, I, when I did my master's, I actually um, did a whole component on suicide prevention and um, there was a story about this man, trigger warning, it's obviously about suicide. Um, there was a story about a man and he um, he was actually on the bus and he was crying, just really, like, really upset. And he actually said to himself, like, I'm actually going to harm myself today and if, you know, if not one person stops me in the street to ask me if I'm okay, I'm just going to do it. And he walked to a bridge and literally not one person stopped to ask him if he was okay, seeing that he was bawling his eyes out and not okay, obviously. And he obviously couldn't complete suicide because it didn't work out. It wasn't what you know, the plan didn't go ahead right. And um, it's just it goes to show that, you know, you could literally say one thing because people that are hurting, sometimes you won't even know that they're hurting. People that want to hurt themselves, you might not even know. They might be presenting as happy and, and you know, everything else. And you might think, oh, they're fine. They're always happy. They're always smiling. And you know what? They're the ones that you really need to be worried about. Um, and it just goes to show that, you know, even if someone isn't in a bad place, but you could just literally change someone's entire course of their life. Mm-hmm. Someone just say, for example, that day, you know, he actually did complete suicide. Then that would have been, you know, a really awful thing to have happened, but it didn't obviously plan out that way. It didn't work, but it's like one person could have literally, like if I saw, I don't know about you, I'm sure you would too, Belle. If I was walking down the street and I saw someone like bawling their eyes out, like yeah. literally nonstop crying, I would stop and try and talk to them. But it's like the world has gone so cold that people actually don't even check in on others or ask them if they're okay. Now there's this whole thing about are you okay day and don't get me wrong, it's great to have an awareness day. But it's like, are you really checking in on people when it really matters most, Um, you know, when it's not that day? Because that day is just very cliche. It's like that's the day you're asking people if they're okay, but it's like do you actually want to know if they're okay? Because if someone says that they're not, are you going to hold space for them or are you just going to go, okay, well, what do I do with that information, you know? Yeah. Um, But anyways, let's leave on a light note and let me just maybe, I don't know, bully bell or something. (laughs) I'm surprised you haven't because I cried just then, you know, like, so hey, you know the other day. You've been, you, you even cried at Connect Groups, so. Because you, you make me proud. I feel like a proud little mom. I'm two months older than you and I feel like I'm your mother. Uh-huh. But, like, I am pr- proud of, like, seeing you grow and, like, how many, like, as you're talking about, like, just being nice to people and how you could change their life. And I'm seeing you literally transform lives around you from just being so kind. So mm. I was like touching on that and I'm like, it pulls my heartstrings and I got a bit emotional. And there's this one, 
giving me shit in front of like a connect group. Look, my love language is loving on you with a bit of yeah. bullying because you know I love you. Sprinkled on top. But, but anyways, I know I love you. Love you too, like, bitch. Love you. Bish. Anyways, so we might end it there because we've been talking for about an hour now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, let us know if you've got any feedback, comments, questions. Um, on the Instagram page. Yeah, because yeah. I'm going to go back to my marination station now and just marinate the night away because it's a vibe. But anyways, yeah. hope you all have an amazing evening. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. So I'm going to yeah, go so eat. I'm surprised Tell you haven't heard my, my stomach rumbling through the microphone the whole time. <laughs> Telling people my life story like anyone actually cares what's going on in my brain or my stomach right now. But anyways, um, have an amazing night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to our episode and we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys. See you next Bye, time. Felicia. Bye. <laughs>